In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. It's mentally yours from Ellen and Yvette. A focus on your mental health, you surely won't regret. It's mentally, 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 mentally yours. Mentally yours. Mentally yours. Welcome to Mentally Yours, our very own Metro.co.uk weekly podcast on mental health. I'm Ellen. And I'm Yvette. If you missed the special episode on dealing with trauma, check it out. Julius Vachansky had some fascinating insight on how to deal with horrid situations. One of the major things for everybody, I think, that is affected is to have support from others. Now, it may be that uh, individuals will not be ready to talk about things, but just having that somewhere around will be helpful, holding them in that space. This week, we're breaking things down. The phrase mental breakdown isn't really understood by many people, even those who have actually dealt with mental health issues. Ollie Applin's mom committed suicide. He had to deal with things and deal with them quickly. He's now an author, designer and running enthusiast. Through mindjournals.com, Ollie is helping men become stronger versions of the men they already are. I've kept a journal for years. Um, Always struggled to keep a journal, even though I've always found it massively, massively helpful. And um, I thought, well, why isn't there anything out there to kind of help me and uh, a particular friend at the time who was going through some, some tough stuff that could support you in that kind of first bit of journaling that kind of mm. kickstart kind of get me going kind of phase mm. um and there was a, there's a few things out there that but they lean more towards women they don't really speak yeah. to men or men's issues or design towards men so i thought uh i could do a better job than you know at, at this i'm a designer um so i thought i'd give it a crack and what came out of it was um 
Mind Journal, which is mm-hmm. what I've launched on the 4th of May. I think like with journals and diaries, there's still this idea of like a teenage girl writing like dear yeah, diaries. Totally. Like any yeah. journal that isn't that is very needed and necessary. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of what I've I've always kind of battled with that and haven't always yeah. felt quite comfortable telling people that that's what I'm doing and mm-hmm. that I keep a journal. Um, and through doing Mind Journal and through creating, you know, um, the book and everything that I've, I've gone on to do, um, I felt more comfortable and okay about doing it. And I think yeah. that's because of the way that the brand, I feel more kind of connected to this brand that I've created. It feels kind of more manly and more kind of uh, something that appeals to me. So therefore, I'm okay sort of sharing it with my mates because I know that it might appeal to them and they'll understand it more. Yeah. Uh, it's not neutral in that sense of anyone can access it. It's, it is just for guys. Mm. Um, so I've it's yeah it's kind of helped me want to share journaling even more because I'm proud of what this brand kind of looks and feels like. Do you think men generally um, find it harder to talk about or write about mental health issues? Yeah, definitely. I think um, I think they do probably because of the fact that we don't necessarily know how to talk about that stuff. Um, part of my issue that I've had through the years is it's just I don't really like to talk about emotional things I don't like to really feel or connect with emotions and therefore share them with other people let alone myself um, like when I was in therapy years ago when I had a kind of a, a breakdown the main problem I was having in therapy was um, I could describe facts really well mm-hmm. I could say like you know on you know 2005 this happened in 1996 this happened and I could be very specific as to kind of what was actually going on I could recall them very well but when the therapist would say well yeah but how did you feel you know how did how did that actually make you feel what emotions did you did you feel mm-hmm. I was like well I don't really know what you're asking me I've told you I've given you the facts and she yeah. was like no they're, they're facts they're not actually feelings and that's when I kind of yeah it kind of made sense that what I was actually doing was was not being very true to I'd, I'd kind of almost like blocked all that stuff off yeah. I'd kind of disconnected myself from my emotions and just was just just living life through these kind of events mm. um, and I think that's what guys feel more comfortable doing They've, they, I think guys just feel more comfortable with um, talking to their mates and just going oh this happened in the week you know that really pissed me mm. off or, or whatever it was rather than going why it really annoyed them or why it really affected them or what that kind of feeling was all actually about Mm -hmm. um and so that's what i'm trying to kind of do with the work that i'm doing now with mind journal is not only just kind of say to guys well if you're not feeling comfortable talking to other people about that stuff it's still important for you to kind of connect with those Mm -hmm. feelings that's why i've put this kind of feelings list into the into the book so guys can kind of see them and tick them off cross them out and connect with them in some way and just kind of go oh yeah maybe I am feeling angry or restless or whatever it is Mm. Um, and then also just through my kind of just you know being on podcasts like this it's just to kind of go to guys it's okay to kind of talk about this stuff it's okay to feel these things I still struggle to feel these things and I know that I could be doing better I'm not saying that I'm like some sort of amazing guru that's got it all sussed and is like doesn't suffer with anxiety or depression and just is totally cool it's it's an everyday thing for me and that's okay for other guys to kind of feel and connect with hopefully mm. um why do you think men find it so difficult to talk about emotions and talk about mental health I th- well it was interesting i was listening to something the other day and it was it was um it was funny enough it was a tim ferris podcast where he mm. had this um this sort of uh, anxiety guru on there um talking about um anxiety in women mm. 
uh, and she was saying that it's a lot of it's to do with the fact that guys are almost kind of raised to have this kind of brave persona you know yeah. we're meant to be kind of like strong we're meant to kind of be the ones that can you know will if it's there's a noise downstairs we're the ones that go downstairs and you know see if there's what's going on and that's our kind of role that we're told that we're meant to be um so i think when you kind of then start to say to guys well um what's what how are you actually feeling mm. um let's talk about your emotions they were like well that's not the brave kind of character persona thing that i've been raised to kind of um present to the world um mm. and i think there's lots of different things you know things in kind of like films and and at home and um you know lots of different kind of um forms of it i think come through um to make guys think that they shouldn't be this way mm. um for me i wasn't ever raised to not be emotional um or because the fact it was like not a manly thing to do i was i was raised to not be emotional because i wasn't allowed to kind of talk about stuff that was going on at home with mum because mm. she didn't want anyone else to know because she was so private about her own yeah. stuff so for me i was like okay well if i can't talk about these facts that are going on at home i can't connect to the emotions therefore i've i've got to kind of just draw a line there so i think for maybe some guys that are in maybe even in like hostile situations or you know have been through similar childhoods as, as me there's this this part where you kind of do have to just switch those things off yeah and then it's very hard when you kind of get to a point where you know that you need to switch them back on again it's like well how do i switch yeah. them back on again like i've i've been through however many years for me it was like what 20 years of not knowing how to then access these mm -hmm. whole pool of emotions that we're all meant to naturally feel um so when i had a breakdown it was like they all just came on at once like a switch and and i felt everything and i had to kind of go through one by one and go right okay that's what that's what anger feels like okay let's you know deal with that one and put that one in a little box and then go through bit by bit um so I think for guys, maybe there's an, ele an element of like, that's quite scary Oh yeah, um, to, to confront and to then kind of connect with. And then I had one guy who was saying to me, like, I'm afraid of using the journal because I don't know what, I, what's gonna, what I'm going to open up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and he was like, but then at the same time, because of that, that's made me aware of what I'm probably suppressing. Mm -hmm. So I, it's made me even more aware of the fact that I need to do something about it. Uh, but I am nervous about doing this thing. And I think, well, that's just, that's probably in, like, so many guys out there. So you mentioned um, things were going on, basically, when you were younger. What sort of things are you talking about? Um, well, my mum had bipolar, so it was all kinds of uh, mad, random stuff, really. Um, it was, so because of her bipolar, it would be extreme highs and extreme lows. Yeah. Um, one minute she would be, you know top of the world loving life everything was amazing she loved everyone and and yeah things were brilliant and then literally on that same day you could descend into absolute darkness and she thought everyone was against her and there was no way out of the situation that she thought she was in paranoia would kick in and and it would, could go so dark that she would want to take her life um it was usually fueled by drink because she found that to be kind of almost like an escape thing um she would probably mix that sometimes with um, medication that she was prescribed and that would then fuel this kind of yeah these kind of very manic states even more they were quite extreme and to the point where you would never know what i would never know what i was going to come home to um and so yeah growing up was quite 
yeah, quite volatile, quite quite a bit of a roller coaster, really. Can you tell us some more about your breakdown? Because I think people sort of that's um, it's quite a sort of scary word to a lot of people. Oh, yeah, mm. and it can mean a lot of different things to different people. Yeah, I mean, I can remember it so vividly because I think it was it was probably the most terrifying thing that I've ever experienced in my life. It was it was more terrifying than losing my mum. It was more difficult to experience and to handle and to kind of get over than yeah, lo- you know, losing my mum to suicide. And that partly was because of the fact of I completely lost like the grip on reality. I it, I couldn't like latch on to myself it, it, my brain and my mind had completely gone off in its own direction and I was just I was out of control of it and I was just along for the ride that was just terrifying and the thing with my breakdown was it was it just happened completely out of the blue there was no kind of well there probably was but I was uh, unaware of them to, to the warning signs probably building up to that point because I was in my own you know in my own mind and doing my own things and was uh, unaware of it it was two years after I lost my mum to suicide um, and I kind of got on with life quite quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, people around me were saying things like, uh, are you sure you're okay? Are you sure you don't want to go and talk to someone? And I was like, no, it's fine. What, you know, I need to crack on. I was at university, so I knew that I, there was almost like a, a deadline, if you like, where I was like, well, I, I can't deal with this now. I need to kind of graduate. Yeah. I need to kind of get these things done. And then when I graduated, it was like, okay, I'm going to go freelance straight away. I'm not going to try and find a job as a designer in, in a, you know, full-time in-house in an agency. I'm going to try and make it on my own as a freelancer. So there was a lot of pressure there. So I was like, well, I can't really deal with it now because I need to get a job and earn some money. Mm. So that was my next excuse, if you like, to kind of keep pushing myself. Um, and then through that time, I was kind of um, struggling with quite bad um, headaches that were really like quite crippling so I'd, I'd have to just they were almost like migraines but a lot stronger um i was i was taking like cocodamol mixed with something else because that's all that could kind of almost knock me out um and this went on and on and on until one night it was about three in the morning i'd had a normal day at work like no sort of triggers if you like um and then yeah three in the morning i just i just bolted up in the middle of the night and just full-on panic attack like the most intense panic attack i've ever had and it didn't shift you kind of after about two or three minutes of a panic attack that you can usually feel them subside and then maybe like a wave of it comes back again and you can kind of almost start to get a bit of control over it but this thing was just so intense that i couldn't i couldn't it the only way i can describe it is it was like a physical thing in my head that i couldn't grab and i couldn't kind of go oi you know calm yourself breathe you know chill it's okay Mm. it was just like a wrestling kind of beast thing that was just out of control um and that just stayed there it just and it just got worse and worse where um i started having kind of like flashbacks of things with my mum that were almost like uh i could hear things in the other room and i think that was her or i'd be walking down the street trying to get some air and trying to just sort of run it off i think oh i Maybe if I run along the seafront for a mile or two, I'll burn all this adrenaline and all this fear off. But then I would see backs of the heads of women and I'd think that they, they were mum and I'd be running towards them thinking, oh, what am I doing? That's crazy. You know, I'd, I've got across the street and there'd be another one. And I thought, I can't do this. I've got to just go home and just lock myself in because there's like mums everywhere. Um, and so I kind of then stopped going to work. Um, I stopped socialising. I still I wasn't eating properly because I was just not really hungry. Uh, and then the flashbacks got 
quite intense where I thought that I was at one point I thought I was covered in blood in the shower mm. and I thought have I done something to myself have I cut myself or harmed myself in some way where is this blood coming from and then I realised it was just a, uh, it was just a yeah like an imagination kind of thing and I wasn't sleeping either so I was you know not really with it uh, from lack of sleep and it was from that point I thought I thought I was ending up like mum mm. and I thought this is what mum's mum's condition was I it was maybe it's hereditary I you know I, I thought maybe she's passed it down to me or I was around her long enough that I've caught it in some way mm. um, and they're going to come along you know people in white coats are going to turn up and just say off you go to the to the mental hospital and see you later um, and it was only from my girlfriend at the time she found a leaflet on bereavement from suicide which had like, on the back of the leaflet it had like a symptoms like checklist thing mm. and I just checked every single symptom on the back of it and like, it was like a real like calming sigh of relief moment where I was like that's the problem like up until that point no one had said to me oh do you think it might be to do with your mum or do you think it might be due to do with your this or no one no one I didn't even think to go to the doctors about it because I thought well they're not going to help me and mm. so journaling of course was uh, a huge huge thing for me um, journaling came into my life uh, right at the beginning of therapy because of the fact of I couldn't talk in in the sessions once I delivered all the facts like I was saying yeah. earlier on when we were starting to talk about the kind of like more emotional stuff there was a feeling in me that was like um, if I talk about this stuff and I express my anger towards mum or how upset I am or how yeah, how she's made me feel um, she's going to be devastated when she mm. finds out so I and I didn't want to say this stuff out loud because I still believed that she was listening mm. um, even though she wasn't around I still thought she's going to come storming in the room in this kind of like really explosive way like she would always do when she was angry and she's going to go mental um, and so that fear of that kind of repercussion and, and seeing her in that state which was just terrifying just day to day living, living with her existed even when she was dead mm. um, and that was preventing me from move, moving forward in my sessions um, so my therapist was like let's try journaling as a way of kind of like a private way for you to kind of start looking at these emotions and she gave me like this whole list of emotions on an A4 piece of paper um, and said just go away and just try and like tick one or two see what you're feeling on that day and try and write down why you think you feel that way in your journal um, and then that that just kind of completely switched it up for me it meant that when I came into my sessions I could I could almost kind of like say to her like on Wednesday when I journaled I picked out these four emotions mm -hmm. and I think it was because of this and it gave us a starting point to talk about something emotional rather than factual yeah um, and and then so from there it was just a case of just more therapy more journaling um, I then started exercising and running more well, running for me has always been a huge kind of mm -hmm. uh, like release like I don't run because I want to run like a marathon or you know do a personal best or like do all these crazy things that people that get really into running do I just run because well for me I always run along the seafront and when I was in Hastings that was like I had great pleasure feeling I was running away from Hastings because that's where everything happened mm. and Brighton was like in the distance so I was always kind of running to Brighton so there was this real sense of like I'm leaving all my troubles behind yeah. and and everything's getting lighter and more positive as I run towards that destination um 
And then because I was in that positive state, running back towards Hastings was kind of like, no, this is okay. I'm, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get through this. And there, all my troubles are there, but there's, they're always gonna be with me wherever I go. And it just running has that kind of like mm. bit of a pause moment where there's nothing else really going on other than you just running forwards. Um, so I continue to run now. Running's always been huge, um, and just exercising in general, just because I feel like. I have quite a lot of energy like anxiety yeah. just day to day just sits in me so if I don't burn it off it just it's just still there so I have to kind of yeah get it out in some way and lifting heavy things and and running um usually does the job for me so and with journaling journaling so talk to us a bit more about that like how exactly does that help you when do you do it um I mean I should probably journal more than I do Mm. um but for me journaling has always been a kind of thing that i do when i know that i'm not dealing with something yeah quite so well as i should be or if i know there's a bit of a sort of niggly area in my life or in the day or um i've tried to kind of journal every day and and get into kind of rituals of like oh i do it before bed i'll do it at like at seven o'clock at night or whatever it is and set alarms and all these kind of things but i think the the amazing thing with journaling is that it's down to you the user like you it can fit into anyone's day Mm. um and how you want to do it so for me i've I've always just sort of treated journaling just almost like as a kind of medicine cabinet if you like and you know you get a headache you take some neurofen if i've had a stressful day if i'm feeling quite anxious or i've got something up that i'm freaking out about i'll put it in the journal Mm. it's no different to medication if you like in that sense for your mind um and so for me it's 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 more about rather than going like uh today this happened i met you know dave and we had a pint Mm. and that's it it's more to do with things of like why was today really tough like what was it about today that i found really tough you know what what would i've done differently today to make it less tough for myself you know could i've looked after myself better could i've handled that situation better it's more about kind of almost having a bit of therapy with yourself it's like counseling in a book where you're your own counselor um and i think that for me is what's what's really helped and what's come through because i think most of the time we all know the answers to the problems we're all having in our lives but we're just not necessarily comfortable with asking the questions that we know is going to give us the answer because sometimes that might be quite painful might be quite uncomfortable um or we might just not have the patience to kind of have that conversation with ourselves because it sometimes can take a little bit of time but i've always found that in my journey and i've always found the answer it's it's in there it's in my head it's just allowing myself that time and, and allowing myself and giving myself that space that I feel comfortable doing and using um, to find the solution to the to the issue or the problem or the the thing that I'm that I'm going through. How is the journal that you've designed um, different to just a straightforward notebook? Um, it, well, it's basically it's filled with questions. That was the main thing for me that I've always kind of struggled with. Is you go to journal and then you've got this blank page, so as an anxiety sufferer I've got like a million things running through my head most of the time I'm, I'm busy I'm self-employed I've got you know two million things running around all the time that I'm meant to be doing old tasks new tasks etc so when you finally have this moment where you're going to sit down and write you're kind of like what where, I don't know where to start and that kind of delay almost kind of forces you to just to clo- close the book and just go oh, I haven't got time for this I'll do it tomorrow and then you know, tomorrow comes and tomorrow comes and you keep putting it off so 
I'd always use this feelings list right back from my first therapist and I was like I still kind of use that but I needed I needed more and I wanted mm-hmm. kind of more I wanted more direct questions that I found that she would ask me or I asked myself so that's why I thought right I'm going to put a series of questions together 30 questions because then if you did it every day that's a month and you know that works out quite well um, and I, I kind of want the questions to start uh, quite easy be almost task based so it's just a bit kind of lighter that I can get get into rather than thinking like oh that's you throw me in the deep end there that's a bit of a tough one like and then that freaks you out and you close the book and you don't use it and what kind of men would benefit from the journal or is it just all men all men all men all men I mean I've what's blown me away from mind journal is probably the diversity in the guys that have been using it that Mm. have like approached me sent me messages and emails and said uh, you know that how how amazing it's been and how much of an impact it's had on their lives I mean I've had you know straight guys gay guys I've had a a, a transgender um, woman who's transitioning into being a man Mm. um, and she or well he um, just found it really useful to kind of work out what kind of man they wanted to be Mm. because there's questions in there like you know what do you see as your role as a man or you know uh, you know what kind of role models, role models have you had in your life? And I think for someone who's going through such a transition, yeah. where they're able to kind of think about who they want to become, um, that's not something that you often get asked, or even maybe even ask yourself. Um, you maybe do on a top level kind of thing, just thinking about it in your head. But to actually then physically write that down is uh, turning it into something else. I never kind of thought in my head, oh, I'll create this for this this diversity of, yeah. of guys i'm just going to create it for for men and just see what happens kind of thing it was very kind of like experimental in that mm. sense so we'd love to try out one of these journals do you want to have a go as well Ellen? i would i've just started doing um as part of therapy i have to do this like chart where i do situation emotions thoughts and then behavior and i think that's that's wow. helpful yeah um i've, I've literally just started doing it today so it's how are you doing that in a journal or in a in a in an app or? Um, no just I have a notebook and I drew like a grid ah, okay kind of like bullet journal style bullet journals are too complicated right I looked at have you ever tried them no they're like they're meant to be amazing and they'll change your life and they look really pretty but there's so many like there's a code and rules and it's very difficult yeah I think it's good it's good I think it's like it's for people that are good at maths yeah exactly you know? which I'm I'm decent at maths but I just think you have to dedicate like 40 minutes to actually understanding it before you can get on with yeah, it, which is yeah. quite difficult. Well, give it a go. Definitely give it a go. See how you find it. Um, and, it and the way, again, it works is, is so sort of structured that you're clearly kind of like at the end of... So I've divided it into kind of 10 questions per section. So there's like a, a warm-up section at the beginning just to kind of get you into it, just to kind of sort of plot the areas of your life mm. and, and do very kind of almost task-based stuff. And then it goes into kind of like hurdles so they're, they're a bit more kind of life-based things and it goes into the final one at the end what's the, the final one uh, uh strength so it's kind of like you know core strength around kind of like you know big areas of your life and yeah. big questions i thought you were going to say like the serious one <laughs> the heavy section i was slightly worried about reaching the end and just being like these are horrible horrible questions <laughs> that's good 
No, none of that. None yeah, of that. Good. No, Strength. it builds you up. So it's all like, you know, supported and there's like motivation at the end of every page so that if you, you're not too sure on the question and you're kind of like, well, I don't really feel that stuff, then there's always, there's always something that can be written. There's mm. always something that you can feel towards that. Even if you're thinking, yeah, that doesn't really, really, I don't really connect to that question, but why not? Like that, that's a talking point. Like mm. ask yourself why you're not connecting with that. What, what, what on an emotional level aren't you connecting with about that question? There's always something there and that's worth jotting down and that's worth exploring. Um, and that's what I kind of try and pull out on every single page in the book so that there's always something to kind of find out. Um, and it's just really easy to access. So you can kind of see a good progress of things along the way. So yeah, I'd love to see what you guys think of it when you give it a go. How much of it is gendered? Is, um, it, is it very much the whole thing is gendered? No, I so. probably would say like three or four core questions out of the 30. Um, okay. And with the women that I've had use it, I've sort of said, well, just flip that question. Like, you know, you could even say, how does, how does that question um, feel to you as a woman? Mm. Or how could you answer that about the men in your life? Mm-hmm. Like, just turn it around and just ask that same question back. Just, just because it is male-specific in that point mm. doesn't mean that it can't be answered by yeah. a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, again, why I've had a few women use it and and find it quite interesting because they can they're not again often asked those kind of questions Mm -hmm. um and i think that's what it's mainly all about is just um just having that discussion with yourself that you just don't often really have you mentioned depression as well yep um when did that start um affecting you um that started affecting me really recently actually um uh, about a year and a half ago it was pretty much the same time I started working on Mind Journal started sort of coming up with the idea mm. and started sort of thinking about how I might uh, get people interested in you know, journaling and I thought well I'll tell my story you know I've never told my story I feel at, now at 29 I feel okay with that and I'll, I'll start putting myself out there and I think that kind of opened up quite a few things that I maybe hadn't dealt with before Mm. in the last sort of few years I've also been looking at kind of like where I'm at in my life there was that whole kind of like quarter life crisis turning 30 kind of freak out yeah um and I think that along with opening up this whole kind of Pandora's box of like mum stuff again um sort of spun me out a little bit yeah and I because I never really felt depressed before it's always been anxiety it's always been like very kind of um heightened kind of stuff you know like I've always felt quite a lot of adrenaline mm. um, I've never felt really low and so when I was feeling uh, this new kind of thing around yeah turning 30 and, and all this stuff that I was opening up about um, it was only when I was chatting to a friend they were like sounds like you're a bit depressed and I was like nah mate I don't get depressed like I just it's just my anxiety is my thing like mm-hmm. that's that's what I deal with um and then after a little bit more time, I kind of realised that actually, yeah, I think I was, uh, or I, I was, yeah, kind of quite depressed, and um, and it put me back into therapy because I was like, well, this is a whole new kind of world of emotion that I've never really explored or really ever felt before, um, and I've been there in therapy ever since, just trying to kind of like figure it out and kind of get kind of over the kind of turning 30 thing and um, where I'm heading and why I'm heading in the direction I'm heading in Mm. Um, I think a lot of it for me turning 30 and the significance it had on me was because of I'd almost like I've lived without my mum for 10 years Uh, I lost her when I was 19 so turning 29 and thinking about turning 30 was this kind of thing of like it just felt like a really big significant milestone 
and I was kind of looking back and going, have I, have I done what I think she would be proud of me doing? Mm. Uh, am I living the way in which I think justifies the strength that she had to take her life in order for me to have a life? Because that's kind of what I always believed was that mm. she died so I could live kind of thing. Um, so all that kind of pressure and all that kind of thinking around of, of what she would have wanted from my life um, yeah made me just kind of question a lot of things and question what well, am I working in the right way am I living in the right way am I am I actually even happy and well, why aren't I happy and you know then I would be beating myself up going well you should be happy because you know mum would be pissed off if you weren't happy and all that kind of just stuff mm. and um and so, yeah, that's where I've kind of been for the last, yeah, 18 months or so. But um, I think in the last sort of three three or four months, I've kind of... Come up a bit. Come up a bit, yeah. And I think, um, again, a lot of it has been through this kind of mind journal work. Mm. Um, I think it's been just massively cathartic for me to kind yeah. of, like, hear, hear other stories from other guys and, and just have this discussion and just feel more open and okay about talking about this stuff. Um, has just... It's just reassured me that actually it's okay to have a bit of a wobble. Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe it was because I was turning 30, but maybe it was because we just all have wobbles sometimes and we all question where we're going and why we're doing the things we're doing. And, you know, you kind of go, if I could do anything right now, what would I be doing? Would I be doing what I am doing now? And that kind of sometimes just freaks you out a little bit. Yeah. Um, I feel like, I think those are big questions. And then when you add in the kind of pressure of not just living up to your parents, but living up to a parent that you can't, because I'm sure you're, any parent would be proud of you regardless of what you're doing. Yeah, totally, yeah. But yeah. in your head, you're like, nope, need to be doing better, need to be doing more. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of pressure to deal with. It's like you're kind of like whipping yourself because you think that that's what they would be doing. Exactly. Um, but they wouldn't because no. they would just love you and just go and just do whatever you want because that's how I know my mum would be. She would be like, well, if you're not happy, just do something about it. Like, I don't care what you do as long as you're happy. And you kind of go, yeah, why am I thinking all this stuff and putting all this pressure on it? But... Um, I think it's all natural and I think it's just kind of what we all do sometimes and I think I've just been trying to work through kind of almost letting mum go a bit yeah. and kind of going okay this is my life I can do what I want and and she made her choices and I can now make my choices and I can make my own mistakes and that doesn't mean I've let mum down or anyone else down because I think that's what I've kind of been afraid of doing is making mistakes Yeah. because uh, then that would look bad for her kind of thing so now I'm kind of like, well, no, let's just let's just kind of go for it. What does depression kind of feel like for you? Is it a pressured feeling or is it low moods or tiredness? It's like I just don't care. Yeah. That's all I was saying for like months and months, especially to my missus. She would be like, you know, what do you want to do today? I, like, I don't care. Like, I literally don't care. You could mm. say anything right now and I'd go, whatever. I'm not, I'm not, I'm literally not feeling anything. It's... It's like that whole kind of emotionless. There's literally, there is no emotion. And that in itself is an emotion. Mm. Um, and so for me, it was just, I don't care about work. I don't care what I eat tonight. I'm not going to care about going for a run tomorrow. I could quite easily just stay in bed. Um, it wasn't like I was wanting to cry all the time or... Uh, I wanted to be antisocial. Like I w it, it was like, yeah, I'll go along. Yeah. But I don't care. I don't care if I don't go along. If, you, if they want to talk to me, I'll talk to them. But I don't care if I don't talk to them. It was this constant kind of negative, mm. I don't care kind of attitude. I kind of go, all right, man, like, if you just want to, if you don't care, then what do you want to do? And you go, well, I'd 
just chill. And then you go, I go, all right, okay, well, I'll just chill now. I kind of have this open dialogue with myself mm-hmm. where I kind of go, it's like being a best mate to myself. Yeah. Um, and I go, look, it's okay. If you just want to stay in your joggers all day and just watch crap TV, just do that. Like, mm-hmm. you don't have to force yourself out to do something if you really don't want to do that. Um, just try again tomorrow. I go, like, yeah, all right, I'll try again tomorrow, mate. So I have this kind of like, it sounds like I'm mental, but it's no. like this conversation <laughs> with myself in my head. Um, where I have to, yeah, be a mate to myself and go, that's how I would talk to a friend. I wouldn't go to my mate, I'll sort it out, you pleb, come on. Like, we've got to go off and do this. You know, you can't stay around moping all day. I'd go, well, that's not a very kind friend. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm now, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit sort of kinder to myself and just talk to myself in a bit of a nicer way. Are you still with the same girlfriend that you were with through the breakdown and through the depression? No. No, no different no, one. Different girlfriend, yeah. So how do you think mental health has affected your relationships? Oh, mm, <laughs> do we have to go there? <laughs> just because they, they sound, honestly, like with the more recent one, I think staying together through those kind of things is really difficult and you have to have a very supportive partner. Yeah, I think, um, so my ex girlfriend she Mm. was with me when I lost my mum yeah uh, and that was really tough on her because she came from a very stable background a stable family Um, so my kind of craziness um, was quite a shock to her Um, and so when we kind of got through uh, my mum dying and we had to deal with then my breakdown I think it it did put a strain on our relationship and also out of therapy at that time when I kind of dealt with this whole kind of breakdown and PTSD that I was suffering with I kind of had like it was like a like a fresh start for me Mm. I felt like that that was for me when I could go I should have I should have had this thinking and I should have been in this position after mum had died or even when I'd left home or just in general I should have just had it and just gone this is what I want to do with my life Um, and so from that point we had quite difficult conversations around we both clearly wanted different things Mm. Um, but the for me, it was kind of because I'd been through therapy and because I'd finally kind of got the confidence to kind of express those emotions to her and go, like, look, I'm, I'm unhappy. If, we, if I was to do that, I'd be really unhappy and that's not fair. So this is what I need to do and this is what I want to do. Um, and so we've just mutually kind of agreed that we, you know, we shouldn't be together. Um, and, then, uh, and, then, and then, yeah, my new girlfriend, who I've been with, it's not so new, we've been together almost eight years. Um, That's not new. <laughs> so I thought you were going to say like eight months. No, no, no. Um, and we kind of, it's funny though, because we, we already knew each other from like primary school, but then we just sort of bumped into each other on a random night out. It just sort of turned out that we both moved to Brighton and um, it was, yeah, just amazing. And, um, and she's just been super supportive all the way through kind of, yeah, all my past, all the stuff yeah. that I've, I've been through. But um, it's been again for me it's been able to it's being able to kind of have that conversation with her um i think our relationship would be a lot more different if i kept all that stuff in um because she would know why i was being the way i was being but because i wouldn't be communicating that with her it makes things quite difficult yeah um and also because i immensely trust her i it's it's comforting and it's cathartic for me to kind of offload some of this stuff sometimes mm-hmm. to her and go you know if I come back from therapy I can share that therapy session with her because I can go oh I just had a light bulb moment in therapy it blew my mind you know I've been doing this for years but actually I just need to change my thinking and do this 
Um, and it's amazing to, to share that with someone yeah. um, and know that that person's just listening. They're not going to judge you or go, what the hell are you on about? That's, mm. I don't know, that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and so, um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've found it hugely supportive to have, to be in a relationship where the other person is just okay with your stuff yeah. and is just a very good listener. Um, for me, that's just been massively helpful, yeah. from any of the issues discussed on today's podcast try the Samaritans samaritans.org or call 116123 thanks to our guest Ollie Aplin check out mindjournals.com for more info about what he's up to and if you've not already subscribe to us on iTunes and give us a review it helps more people find out about Mentally Yours our producer is Sam Bonham thanks to Lucy Baker for the jingles next week we're speaking with Dave Chawner about eating disorders see you next time I started losing weight, and as I started losing weight, people said, oh, you look good. Um, and I, I've, I'm, I'm a very insecure person, as I think a lot of people are, and I kind of liked those kind of compliments. But also, I kind of got this attention from this girl, and I kind of thought, well, the more weight that I lose, the more gooder I will be. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.